It's time for NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanson, and Andrew Molnar Molnar. And it is time for the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, downloading via iTunes or perhaps via the website www.supercoachpros.com or even just listening in the browser there. Of course, you can find us each and every week on the Roundtable show. Got Pete with us as always. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Really looking forward to a jam-packed edition of the show. And Ryan MS joining us. How are you, mate? Good, good. Yourself? Yeah, good. And if you didn't catch last week, you may not know this, but um, Andrew Molinaroli is off on Easter break, so he won't be with us tonight. But uh, so much to get through, guys. And, and I guess the big thing with um, round six was the fact that round five leading into round six is all those injuries and suspensions, and not just to any old players, but the big-name players now. We start with Souths. Adam Reynolds, he's got a knee, an injury to his knee, knee ligaments. Um, researching the, the injury, you know, depending on which uh, grade of strain it is to his ligaments, he could be out to up to five months, which I think was the original um, number bandied around not long after it happened. Uh, Ryan, you've, you've seen a tweet from him today saying he sees a specialist tomorrow. I guess that, that could judge whether it is a grade three and it will be sort of three to five months or grade two, which which could be sort of around that six to eight weeks mark. Yeah, look, either way, it's going to be extended, whether how long remains to be seen, but if you're seeing a surgeon, then it's, yeah, it's not good. No, and one thing that um, we also, we already mentioned on the show was the website, but also the, the Twitter handle, at SuperCoachPros. That's something, if you're not already on, you've got to get on. We'll tweet the result of that. Um, hopefully it comes before kickoff, and, you know, if, if we know for sure it is you know, three three months, you can safely, I think, trade Reynolds out of your team if he's if he's in it. And if it is a shorter time frame, then you might need to make that decision. But but Pete, even even allowing for for a six to eight weeks, when you've got a gun like Adam Reynolds uh, sitting on your supercoach bench, it's it, it it's probably not ideal. You probably are looking at at making a transaction there, trying to bring another big name in. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But on the on the plus side, he's going to. Uh, free up some cash for you to go out and try and buy a big name, depending on who's available and what else you, what else you've got there. Um, on the plus side for the bunnies, and maybe a player to bring into your house might be John Sutton, for example, who's, who's back this week. So, yeah, and uh, that, look at it that way. That's another one, and, and Souths playing on a Monday makes it this more difficult. And we'll get into some of these um, these guys that are a little bit iffy for round six because there's a lot of them this week too that will be a very supercoach relevant players. But John Sutton has been named to be back at 5'8". There's every chance he doesn't pass the fitness test. Originally, he was supposed to be back a week later, um, in which case Greg Inglis would move to 5'8", more than not likely, um, with Alex Johnston reverting to fullback. Um, that impacts not only if you had Sutton, um, obvious, for obvious reasons, but also if you have Inglis, um, because he won't put up the same points at 5'8", as he does at fullback. Um, not the end of the world, you're still going to play him, but that's just a good thing to know. Now, the other thing, Ryan, with Monday Night Football is you've always got to have an ace up your sleeve because if you leave everything to, the, to, to Monday Night Football and one of your players is out and you don't have another player on your 
25 that, that's playing in that game and not in your starting side, you've got nowhere to go. No, that's exactly right. Um, it's, and it's some, some weeks might be difficult, but I think really it's, well, it's advisable that you have at least one guy playing in your Monday night because you never know what's going to happen throughout the uh, weekend and you never know what position you're going to be in. And you definitely need... It's not not a saver per se, uh, to put it in, say, racing betting terms, but um, perhaps just just that uh, little safety net, I guess, um, so you know you're going to get some points in the last um, in the last game of the round, which may well just get you over the line. But it is tough, and we probably differ on this because I like going the other way because, of course... Um you know, if you get suffer an injury and the player's out, you've got to go with your lowest um, scorer, basically, as opposed to saying, "Well, I've got, I've got all my players. I've already they're already in. The points are already in, and, I, and I'm satisfied." Obviously, we saw it last week. James Sekiaro, a big name player, you can't leave him out of your 17 playing, but he missed the week before due to an injury. So there's no guarantees he's going to front up. Uh, you kind of got to shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, that's the way it goes." But if you've got a player that's more one of your fringes, he maybe he's already on your bench. Um, maybe maybe he is normally a starter, and you and you can move him to your bench for that week because he's playing on a Monday night. Then you can got more flexibility to go with someone else in, in case there is um, a late injury, a late withdrawal. We'll talk about these other guys shortly that that are listed to play, but but are variable. But first, let's go to these other big name injuries. Aiden Guerra is the next one. He got, he's got a broken jaw. Now, if it's a non-displaced jawbone fracture. Sorry to get technical on you, but this is important. This can heal within a month or just over a month. If they have to go through and do some surgery, wire it up, that's four weeks on its own plus another one to two months after unwiring. We're seeing on the websites, Pete, they were looking at an eight-week turnaround. So we suggest, you know, from, from what we can gather, and we don't know yet if Guerra has gone in for surgery on the jaw, but from what we can gather, we're looking at maybe at least... Um, at least sort of eight weeks, and we're suggesting it's it's the latter, and, and really at that point you've got to you've probably got to move on, particularly if he's coming back around Origin, which he might end up playing in. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's a couple of possibilities there. I said he's done very well um, in Supercoach this year. Guerra, um, he knocked over about 40, 40 odd tackles in a match uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, as you said, when he comes back there, you, it's either a couple of possibilities. He's going to, because he's so good and has played well for Queensland, he's going to go either straight back in the Queensland team. Or the other thing is that the Roosters going to have a couple of buys around that time inevitably, and so not, he's not going to be playing anyway. So you, you're going to be stuck each way, sort of thing. So yeah, I think the, the best way is to is to unload him. Yeah, it is a shame. And, and if you have him in your lineup, I guess you've got the he's a centre winger or second rower, so maybe there is some flexibility in who you can bring in um, in that regards, Ryan. I am interested from this point of view, yeah, flipping this around, is we've already talked about Dylan Napa a lot on the show, and even on the weekend we talked about um, a couple of other bench players for the Roosters, Kane Evans and Zoe Sui Tuiak. Tui Kahahu, which I never pronounced correctly, but um, they've both played really well coming off the bench. One of them may end up seeing more game time now that Guerra's out um, sort of long-term. Well, look, I actually think that um, it's going to be both of them to see, uh, to get that little bit of extra time. I don't think one of them is markedly better than the other um, in terms of when they're on the field. They both, you know, put out, the, put out a decent amount of output. Um, so I think 
their time will increase, but but it won't be one or the other. It'll be both of them. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to cover, especially for a guy like Guerra who um, has a lot of experience as well. Yeah, it's actually the other beneficiary um, is the man named in the staying line at Mitchell Orbison. He'll probably play 80 minutes. And the further factor coming out from today, Pete, is that Jake Friend could return from injury this week. In fact, we're hearing that um, it's, it's pretty much a lock. He will play from the bench, which frees Orbison to play the entire 80 minutes in Guerra's position. He could well be, yeah. He has been sharing the, um, the bit of the dummy half roll with uh, McIlrick, the buy from the Raiders for the off-season. Um, yeah, it could well affect him. It will be interesting to see what happens um, if you're game enough to, to get in there and get uh, and get Orbison for this week. If you haven't already got him, it could be a, a very good buy. He is a very high work rate type of player. He he got nearly seventy um, last week, Ryan. I guess um, you know you're always looking for those benefactors. He could he could be one. But let's let's just move on to Brett Morris. He's the other one with the with another um, bad injury, and this is a hamstring tear. Now. You're looking at a, it's got to be at least a second degree tear in, in you know sort of basic analysis of, of of what it's what it looked like on the field and with I guess his pain um, his display of pain and what we're yeah, hearing yeah he grabbed it straight away we are also hearing he could be out any anywhere from sort of you know from a month to three months um, third degree tear I think you've got to go and get surgery sometimes so that one would be horrific for him and the Bulldogs and, and would be an automatic sell. Four to eight weeks for the grade two tear. Again we talked about origin earlier with Aidan Guerra. Again that's going to come into play for Brett Morris. Um, I guess it's a tough one if you've got all these players you, get, you can't get can't offload them all at least in one week but is it is it no matter what we hear it, you know from Brett Morris it's, it's, it's a must sell. Yeah, definitely, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no one comes back from a um, from a hamstring um, strain. Well, it's not even a strain. It could be a, no one comes back from a tear, um, especially not one that looked um, as severe as it did. Um, he uh, in, on Twitter again uh, said that he was out for some time. Um, he didn't give a didn't give a uh, an actual uh, number of weeks or number of games. He just said, um, I'll be out of the game for some time, you know, and he said, I'll get straight back into the rehab. So, yeah, he's, um, as far as I'm concerned, you've got to get, ri- you've got to get rid of him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a grade three. The way, the, the reaction, everything going on, I, th- I think you're looking at th- at least three months. Yeah, it, and it could well be that um, on the longer end of the spectrum, for sure. Um, and some other players coming out of that. Um, Bulldog Souths games with the suspensions. Sam Cassiani out for a couple of weeks. You probably don't have him, and if you do, you can carry him. David Clemmer's a tougher one, Pete. Um, he's out for three weeks. He's a, he's a cheaper option. He's starting to make you a bit of money. Um, maybe you can hold him on your bench, but of course, these days with um, the front row forward position, hooker position being split, you've only got two bench spots in the front row. So it is it is tough with Clemmer how you play that one, keep him or, or get rid of him. It is a very tough one. He's been in very good form as well um, for the Bulldogs, but yeah, unfortunately lost it the other day. Um, it's a, it is very much a fifty-fifty call what you do with him in that circumstance. Um, a great a great young player. I, I personally would be very tempted just to hang on to him and see see how you go. He's he's going to make some money when he does get back because he did have yeah. that big week just in this game. In fact. He would have even gone big, large if he hadn't have sin bin himself. Ryan, 
the other point, and we talked about buyers, we talked about origin, they've got their buy in round 12. So he comes back round 9. What if New South Wales pick him as a bolter off their bench? Then he's out for round 11, and he's out for round 12. I mean, it's a tough one. You might keep him to make a bit of money, but he, but he might not contribute much to your supercoach team for two months. No, he's not. Yeah, if that does happen, and look, who knows? It's a possibility. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where do you risk it? I guess you could probably hang on to him for the meantime, like right now, um, and then you know keep your keep keep looking um, at, at what's being talked. You know how yeah, he's being talked for that about. Big week, maybe a big prop appears and 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 becomes an obvious an obvious buy and you can trade out Clemmer that week rather than this week. That's right, that's right. Because, yeah, um, it's one of these things where you never know what's going to happen in the future and um, you definitely wouldn't, looking at the Bulldogs team this week, you definitely wouldn't have said there'd be this many changes just from one game. So, yeah, it's it's tough. It's a massive discussion point. James Graham's the other one. He's a bigger time player and he's out for four weeks with the suspension and, and he comes back in round 10. Now, Origin doesn't affect Graham, so he'll miss round 12 because the dogs have a bye. Um, so you basically hold him for four, you get you get him for two and then lose him for one, but then and you could keep him going. So I guess, Pete, this is another tough one, but at, at the price, um, you know, there's a lot of money sitting on your bench for, for five out of the next seven games. That's correct. <clears throat> and can you trust him to, to stay on the field for the rest of the season? <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's got the, a reputation. I remember a grand final a couple of years ago when this and Billy Slater. Um yeah, well, everyone said this act was out of character, but no one's mentioned uh, that. <laughs> yeah, some, a lot of people these days, gentlemen, seem to have very short memories. Um, and there was the incident with... Uh, there was a very good article, actually, by Brad Walter um, in the media the other day about Graham's style, but that's another story. Um, he does play very close to the wind, and I, I personally, I think I'd be getting rid of him. It's funny, isn't it, Ryan? Because last year, James Graham was sort of the keeper to own. He was so strong and consistent and obviously without the origin. And taking apart Sam Burgess and, and Sonny Bill Williams, of course, but but he was he was just one rung below them. And, of course, with them both leaving the game this year, he was the obvious sort of option to take up that role um, as your non-origin sure thing. But now, I mean, how, how, do you, how can you hold him? Well, I don't think you can. I, I agree with Pete. You just, um, he's just, it's just a liability now. Um, and the fact that he's not going to play for, for a fair amount of time, his price is very expensive. Like when he's on the field, he does the business. But, um, yeah, it's really difficult now to uh, make a case to hang on to him. If you can hang on to him, you might get the rewards at the end of the year. But, um, geez, you're going to want to... Um, be one hell of a manager and uh, yeah, yeah and, and he doesn't have the upside somewhere. of a Corey Parker or Paul Gallen or even an Andrew Fafita has been oh. poor this year he's not going to go to those great heights so it's a, it's a okay. tough one but it could be a uh, could be a sell I think you're much better off if you have a look in the Bulldogs lineup look at his front row partner Aiden Tolman he could see an uptick um, with Graham being out and he also takes on the captaincy role full time which um, yeah, might be a better a better value option might be a really good buy and, and if you've got a bit of money already in your bank and you're selling a guy like Graham you could end up with getting going for that top line stud too which wouldn't be a bad thing um, some guys to monitor and again with the with the, 
tweets, this is what you'll need to do. With it's, it's, um, We tweet out before each game um, the changes to the team, so you'll, you'll know before it goes ahead. But Jamie Brewer, Josh Dugan, Glenn Stewart and Isaac Luke, all on concussion watch. Um, in this day and age, I think anyone that's um, gone off the field with a head knock the following week could could be unlikely to play, even when they are named. So those four players look out for. Alex Johnson suffered a broken nose, so again, an injury to the face or head area. Uh, something to monitor um, as far as whether they end up playing the f- playing or not. But that's something we'll um, make sure you, you follow us at Supercoach Pros and we will let you know whether those guys end up taking the field or not. I, I want to talk a bit about the Sharks. Um, we had Oscar Vieira on the show a couple of weeks back and he um, gave us some really good insight of what's happening down in the Shire in regards to some of the young players and maybe a bit of lack of opportunity. Obviously, um, Paul Gallon came out this week, actually said that he, he was the one that petitioned to coach Shane Flanagan to put Jack Bird in at 5 eighths, even though you know, there were a few different options there and Bird himself um, was playing in the centres with Jared Beal at 5 eighths, only um, in the game the week prior against the Titans when, when um, Wade Graham was off with an injury. So it was quite a change and it worked a treat. Jack Bird was outstanding. He's, uh, you know, you don't need uh, our podcast to tell you that he's the cheapie of the week and he's a must-pick up. Um, but as far as looking longer term, Ben Barber's back. And Pete, I'll start with you. I guess we look at Ben Barber versus Valentine Holmes versus Jack Bird. Long long term, not so much from from you know Supercoach. We know Bird's the most valuable, and then Holmes. But but who's going to get that game time, and how is that going to affect Bird and Holmes' Supercoach performance down the road? Well, I normally don't like hearing that players have an influence on their coach as to who is in the team. I think that should be with, left with the coaching staff, not with a player. But anyway, it was a very good decision for Jackson, for Jackson Bird to go into the Cronulla starting team. Um, and Valentine Holmes showed his talent last year and he made his debut against the North Queensland Cowboys up there and, yeah. and nearly won the game for, for, the, uh, for the Sharks and showed great poise in the nine. So... I think the two of them are streets ahead of, of Ben Barber. I, I cannot for the life of me understand why the Sharks took a punt on him, <laughs> um, particularly at 5'8". If you're going to play him, I think he should be... If, if they select Barber at fullback, um, then I would pro- possibly change my mind. But the other two guys are, are streets ahead of him. Um, they've I, got to be in the starting side, and, yeah, that. They should be worth a load more than, than Barber. It's going to be interesting, Ryan, because they're playing Barber so, so much money. He's, been, he's picked from the bench, but he's going to get game time, which means someone has to come off. Now, last week we saw Gordon and Holmes interchange from fullback. You know, are they going to then bring Barber in and they're going to interchange three fullbacks through the game? I mean, look, it, stranger things have happened, but who's going to miss out? Will Holmes or Bird miss out? We're going to pick up these really exciting young players from the Sharks, put them in our supercoach team, and then find they're sitting on the bench for half the match. Yeah, look, um, I think the guy... If- if he does end up playing fullback, mm. um, which is where I think he will play, um, it will be Holmes that um, will spend some time. Whether now, whether that's they, um, whether they get uh, Holmes off the field or Holmes switches to the wing or to centre, and one of those guys goes, um, I'm not sure. It's, um, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? It is. Shane Flanagan said he guaranteed Barber a, um, a spot in the team um, after he was suspended. Um, and, look, I don't see 
where he can fit in that will be useful for the Sharks um, and useful for from a super coach point of view. Um, it's going to be one of those tough ones. Look, there's the, the other option is um, they might make um, turn Ennis into a second rower when um, Barber yeah. comes on and Barber and that, goes into the dummy half. That, that could, could that, that probably is the most likely scenario. Look, I'd like to get Oscar on again maybe next week and, and if we can ask him, you know, how he sees it going. I mean, that, that Shane Flanagan discussion points is, is you know, it takes up half, it could take up half the show and we've already spent most of it on all the injuries and suspensions. We need to get to the Twitter questions. Uh, before we do, this is the Supercoach Professionals podcast, the Roundtable podcast. You can find us online at www.supercoachpros.com and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Supercoachpros. That's Supercoach P-R-O-S. Two great tweets coming from us this week, guys. The first is from Jono at Jono underscore N-E-L-S-E-0-6. Will the new concussion protocols, this is a very timely question, will the new concussion protocols affect how substitutions are used? Example, will starters play more minutes and therefore become more valuable a super coach asset? Pete, I'll start with you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, it, it's a very interesting question because the, as well as the the concussion rule, like Wayne Bennett has come out and said, you know, he wants independent doctors. Um, the the NRL has also said that they're looking at the interchanges as to how they're going to use that. There's talk about that that may be reduced. I, it's it's a really tough one as to how this is going to affect things with the concussion as to whether it gets counted. If it gets counted, maybe as a free interchange um, that may determine the length of time the players are on the field also. Um, so there's a little bit of variation there, but you can expect, I think, more players to actually to play the 80 minutes um, from uh, from start. I think that is, you'll see more of the, the Paul Gallon and Trent Merrin type of player who, uh, instead of starting someone like Merrin from the bench, should be starting from uh, from the beginning, which is, I think, personally a, a better way to go. I like to see more players play the 80 minutes. Um, and I think, yeah, that I think that would be more the more likely scenario uh, with your starting team playing longer. A couple of coaches these days have usually uh, often will have a um, an interchange up their sleeve for the last five or ten minutes of a game. Um, with the concussion rule, then they might have to make uh, might have to put two or three aside, and so therefore you would be looking for more of your endurance players. I said once again, your Gallons, uh, Merrin, Corey Parker, these sorts of blokes. Um, getting them to play the full 80, not 60, 65 minutes. Ryan, the, the, the point, I guess, is these that we do have subs. Pete, you're, you're entirely right. When you watch the games, they're, they're often holding back interchanges, and then at the end of the game, they seem to just make suddenly two or three interchanges that, you know, I guess they provide impact, but they almost feel like they're just using them up. They could just keep those ones right till the end, or we'll get this sort of, um, I guess, a push-pull that we're seeing at the moment where, where Jeff Toovey you know, is having an argument with Paul Kent on NRL 360. Paul Kent saying, we've already got 10 interchanges. It used to be a 13-man-a-side game anyway. Just save them for concussion. Jeff Toovey's saying, look, if we've got to take these players off for concussion, we've got to have heaps more interchanges. I mean, will, will we get to that stage where the coaches just reinvent themselves and play guys like Trent Merrin for 80 minutes? Or are they set in their ways now where, no, I don't care how good Trent Merrin or Corey Parker or Paul Gallen are and the fact they can play 80 minutes, we're not going to play them for that long? No, look, the good coaches 
we'll find a way, uh, find the best way um, through it. And to be honest, I think a few coaches are playing that waiting game um, at the moment. Um, I think but these it guys was... don't play. If Trent Merrin, he you know he's not playing eighty minutes. No, I know. It's exactly crazy. Right. Corey Parker played fifty-seven minutes last week. Like they're playing that waiting game. I, I think it was the Tigers game on the Sunday. Uh, I think it was. Um, I can't remember who the reserve was, but he didn't play for the first um, 65 minutes and he played 15 minutes straight at the end. Yeah. Um, so that's like, you know, your yeah, replacement. Yeah, Melbourne do that with West Young Western. He only comes on right near the end of the game. Exactly right. So they're, doing it. they're all, they're all planning Brown to do that kind of thing. Frank Pritchard mm. did it last Friday. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I've seen many coaches do that. The, um, yeah. It's, um, they're going to... They're going to have to fix it up, and whatever the rule is, whether they say, "Look, you have eight interchange uh, with three players on the bench, and you're one sub for people who get knocked out or um, injured from foul play or whatever it is, whatever it may be," um, they'll find a way around that. And to be honest, it's um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to it a hell of a lot to uh, Jeff Tuvey because um, he loves stirring the pot. Yeah, well, it will be interesting because. You know they have made the change. General have made the change, so we will see um, a change from this week. Whereas a player like a Nathan Pete scenario from round two, I think it was, where he's got up the field and he sort of was dizzy. That player will now be taken off and remain off. There'll be no chance. So even when Isaac Degoyce went down later in that game, they can't say, "Oh, I'll just throw Pete's back out there." They're going to have to throw a different, a third person into dummy half and rejig their lineup. So I think. To, uh, Maybe we haven't fully answered your question, Jono, although I think it's a great topic and we've got involved in it, certainly. Um, but maybe to answer it, we could say maybe the starters don't, aren't, don't become as more valuable, but other players in your team become le- could become less valuable week to week because you could see positional adjustments at a far higher rate. Like as we saw with, I think, Glenn Stewart played 5'8 for a time for Souths, with Luke Kerry went into dummy half, and then Stewart himself got injured and Greg Inglis was in at 5'8. And obviously, you know, as we know, it's Supercoach 5'8. It's a little, little bit of a dead zone for, for Supercoach point scoring most of the time. And um, it's going to affect these guys if they have to sort of move position. And, and you know, even with the Roosters, when Aiden Guerra went out, we saw players sort of switching around and coming coming back on when otherwise they'd play different amount of minutes. And, and again, it can affect your, your super coach output or, or, or even positively. Mitch Orbison scored a try on the right edge, you know, against the Sharks, so it can affect it positively. The second Twitter question we've got to get to is the... Um, is, a, is more of a team-based question for trades this week, guys. It's from Stephen Ristivsky at Stephen underscore Risto. Now, he has got Jonathan Thurston and Adam Reynolds. He's asking, do I sell Mitch Cornish, who's one of his bench halves, for either Lachlan Coote or Sean Johnson? Or do I not worry about the halves bringing Sean Fensom for um, Sam Lissoni? He does have, um, he's already made the trade, Adam Guerra out, Jack Bird in, so he's got a bit of cash on it, up his sleeve, and he's got Tumalola Lalehi as his backup 5'8", so he could afford to hold both Adam Reynolds and Mitch Cornish, who obviously aren't playing this week, if he had to. But um, I guess this time, Ryan, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, do you go one of those two ways that he suggested, or do you just say, as we mentioned earlier in the show, look, just just get rid of Adam Reynolds, keep Cornish, he might be back in a couple of weeks, but Adam Reynolds won't. Yeah, look, I personally don't think Cornish is going to be back. 
Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, one injury. One of those things. I mean, when, if, if someone gets injured, are they going to turn to Josh McCrone? <laughs> well, well, that's why you just don't know. They're both out of the team, so they're liable to do anything. Um, because they're obviously not happy with the halves at the moment because, um, Canberra just got, uh, right. just signed that's Aiden Caesar. Oh, so um, that's, uh, that's a big that's a big change for next year. Yeah, um, look, I think I would go um, probably with the Fenson option out of those out of those options. Um, Fenson's pretty bankable um, in terms of uh, what he scores each week, um, and he is tending to get very close to that eighty minute mark. Um, I think he played about sixty five. Oh, and that's about his average minutes, I think, at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think the fencing option is the best one. Yeah, I, you're right. He's got a he's he's, he's bankable, but I, I worry about fencing. I mean, it's another tough outing this week against the Storm. Um, yeah, there's some tough ones there. People, how do you make? What do you make of it? Do you do you go that big time, other big time player in, or do you look at trading out Cornish or even Adam Reynolds for that matter? Yeah, well, but well, we did say, as you, as you mentioned earlier in the show, we did discuss the Adam Reynolds situation at length, and you know, it looks like, pending the surgeon's advice tomorrow, he's going to be gone for a length, a decent length of time. In regards to Mitch Cornish, um, it is wonderful to see Sam Williams get a go down in Canberra. They won convincingly the other week, oh, last week against Manly. Yeah, and I think personally, I would be getting him in instead. You're lucky. The amount of money is going to be about the same, or Williams may be even cheaper. And I said, barring injury in Canberra, I don't see Mitch, Mitch Corn is getting back into that side, actually. I think with uh, Blake Austin and Sam Williams there, I think that'll be the person. I think that'll be the hardest combination for quite some time. Um, so I'd, I'd get rid of the pair of them, personally, uh, both Reynolds and Cornish. Well, he's only got one trade left this oh, week. He's, he's had one, to get rid of Guerra already. And we're, as we Ooh. suggested earlier, he's, he's, got to, he's got to go. He won't be back for a while. He's, this is the thing. Once we find out how long Adam Reynolds is out for, yeah. that's the question. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Good length of time. You've got to get rid of him. I think you, you, you're holding on, holding on for our tweet tomorrow. Hopefully, Adam, we know, okay. we know in time whether you get rid of Reynolds or Cornish. Cornish only needs one more game. He'll get you a little bit of extra cash, and he's not costing you much at the moment. So he is worth something if you can hold on to him on your bench just to see what happens down in Canberra. Look, well, you have weeks to a long time in rugby not, league. Not just the quality of the player, but also whether who's most likely to play in the next four to six weeks. And sadly for Adam Reynolds, the answer is Mitch Cornish. Yeah, and that, that, that comes into it. You get more money out of Reynolds. I do have fears, Ryan mentioned Sean Fensom. I just want to tell you this, um, the the draw for the Raiders, they've got, they've, at the moment, they've got the Storm. Now, the Storm have been a lot easier to score points against than other years, but they're still the fourth hardest to score Supercoach points against. Then the they Raiders play the have top. an excellent record against um, Melbourne, in Melbourne too, by the way. Well, it's, this one's in, in Canberra, and I'm not oh, saying Canberra can't win, I'm just saying looking purely at Supercoach points. Sean no, Fenson versus the Storm, I think it's a tough match. It is a tough matchup. Fourth, fourth hardest to score against. Then they play the Tigers, the fifth hardest to score against. Then they play the Rabbitohs, the second hardest to score against. They get a nice easy week against the Titans, but then they play the Dragons, the hardest to score against. And then the Bulldogs, who haven't been as strong but are still in the top eight, 
as are the Broncos a week after. So Sean Fensom has got his work cut out for him. Now, it might suit him being that workhorse role in these sort of games. It might He might actually see a slight um, or balance out. But I think Sean Fenson's a tough a tough one to, to, to sort of buy at this stage because Canberra have very tough matchups coming up, super coach wise. So I think I think you wait on Adam Reynolds. Um, the guy, I guess, <laughs> it's such a, a good question, right? I'll just go to you once more. Sean, he does mention bringing in Sean Johnson. He, you know, he's suggesting maybe Johnson's going to get an easier draw. Is that something worth looking at? Well, the Warriors do have an easy draw coming up, but, man, Johnson, well, it's lucky they play in an open-air stadium because he's stinking. <laughs> um, he's just not whatever uh, mojo he had last year. You're the golden boot winner, um, and that, yeah, it, his play is not that of a golden boot winner, um, and he is struggling big time. So that'll be a big risk, I would say, but... Tigers won't be an easy one for him. No, uh, he's exactly. He's got the Cowboys right. who have given up the most points, and, and um, I think that's a good matchup for him. Then he then they host the Titans. That's obviously a good matchup. Then they have to come back to Sydney two weeks in a row. The Sharks and the Eels before their bye, but they're not they're not horrible matchups either. So yeah, um, Stephen's right. He Sean Johnson. You know, he's, he's probably bottomed out. He might wait one more week because the Tigers game isn't the easiest and you want to see him start to amend the curve. But he could he could be on the radar now. Well, at a, at a lower price, he's definitely on the radar. But you'd want to see some kind of um, form reversal. It's a risk, but uh, that's what uh, we're here for, I guess, is to... <laughs> If we're playing Supercage, you've got to take chances at some point. It would be a risk, well, Stephen, that is for sure. Johnson's a bit like his team. The Warriors do this pretty much every year, it seems. They're a bit sleeping giant. But when they wake, and it could be this week, um, they're showing glimpses of form uh, against week. Melbourne. and One more The week. week against Brisbane, they played well for 40 minutes. They string it together for 80, and they're near unstoppable. And, and Johnson is usually at the centre of that. So it's a matter of wait and see a little bit with Sean Johnson. Yeah, it's going to be. It will be He's interesting, like you say. <laughs> That's what we keep saying. But uh, Chad Townsend does take a lot of that first receiver away from Johnson. He has been since the start of the year. I, even Johnson gets back to form. I don't know if he's consistently putting up the numbers he has in the last couple of years. Guys, it's pretty much all we have time for. Uh, Ryan, you've got your blog up on the website, www.supercoachpros.com. Six ones to watch. I noticed you didn't put Trump, Tom Trebovich in there, but I think he's got a, speaking of tough matchups, he's, he's got a tough one this week, but um, you don't need, we don't need to buy him this week anyway. We can wait one more week and make sure. No, that's he, right. I can't fit them all in. He's going to be a, he's going to be the cheapy to own next week, I'm pretty sure. But, um, there's, there's six good names there, so you have a look out for that. And Pete, you're going to have your profits up online as well. And uh, uh, Will, I hope it's there. a, I hope it's a nice easy round. It's um, it's a tricky comp at the moment, but yeah, I'll try my very, very best. That, that's all we can ask for. And um, we'll talk to you both again next week. Ryan, we'll talk to you on the Sunday. Thanks for tonight on the game day show. No worries. And Pete, we'll see you next week. See you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening and you can download the podcast on the iTunes. Simply put in Supercoach Pros or go to our website www.supercoachpros.com. Bye now.